Hello everyone and welcome to Season 3 of Backyard Geology. This season I will be taking you across the world on a geologic pilgrimage to visit natural sites that have played a key role in our understanding of the Earth, its history, and the processes by which it has evolved. The present is the key to the past. Join me on a journey to sites where you can peer deep into the mantle and deep into time to understand the evolution of our spectacular planet. This week's journey takes us to Scotland. Our modern understanding of the principles of geology and the functions of the natural world are entirely based on foundations laid by early scientists and the power of observation. As with most scientific discoveries, questioning the function of something fuels further exploration, and investigating unusual or misunderstood observations leads to theories and eventually proofs. Geology and the mechanisms by which rocks came to be were largely mysterious until about the mid-18th century, when questions and queries prompted further exploration of the rocks around us, eventually leading naturalists to challenge previous beliefs on the origins of the lands rooted in the Bible. If you have a friend or family member who is a geologist, you probably know that traveling of any kind is sure to be slow. Not because we're bad drivers or we're slow at airport security, but because we find a need to stop and look at rocks wherever we go. This is a generalization, but most geologists are constantly seeking explanations for the natural world around them. While you come to know your local area well, traveling elsewhere presents new lands yet to be explained. Hence, you can expect lots of stops to look at rocks until we can figure out where they came from and why the landscape looks the way that it does. When it came to laying the foundations for modern geology, that is exactly what happened. Naturalists, the ones that studied the natural world, began questioning that Earth was built by God in a single event and began seeking logical origins for the features around us. Scotland played a key role in developing fundamental geologic theories, with plenty of beautifully exposed coastlines and a plethora of different geologic features on display. As a student, I have been told repeatedly that looking at more rocks is the best way to learn about rocks, and in the case of our early geologists, that is certainly the case. Suggesting and proving theories depended on collecting enough clear observations to get other people on board with your ideas. This is where the exposed rocks in Scotland come in handy. The story of geology as we know it began in the later half of the 18th century by naturalist James Hutton. You can hear more about James Hutton in Episode 5 of Geological Expeditions of Yore on the Geology Podcast Network. Hutton was frustrated by the washing away of good farming soil where he lived and worked in slight houses, and went on to note that mass washing events, not just of soil but of rock too, 
were happening across the globe. He began to question the idea that Earth was created by God in a single stroke, and that it had existed just as it was since it was created. These wasting events were not sustainable for the peoples and the lands, and he began to think that the world must have a way of regenerating itself in endless cycles of building and wasting. Finding evidence to support this prompted endless observations alongside other naturalists. Most notably, Hutton found that rocks appeared to form in layers, washed over one another and building up over time. As erosion wasted away the farmlands, new lands were simultaneously built, a process which operates constantly. His observations of the unconformity at Sicker Point led him to propose the concept of deep time, in which the erosion and deposition processes we see happening today have actually been happening for many, many years, continually building and recycling our landscape. These ideas, of course, applied to sedimentary rocks, laid down in layers, known as strata, over the years. But Hutton noticed that not all rocks appeared in layers, and that some appeared more massive, meaning that they formed in a different way. Here's where James's friend James, James Watt, sparked a new idea, pun intended. James Watt, as you may have heard, was an inventor, famous for making steam engines more efficient in the late 18th century. Watt harvested heat to give power to steam engines, prompting Hutton to wonder if heat could provide the power to build and recycle the landscape like it did to power steam engines. At this point in time, scientists had seen active volcanoes but treated them as isolated events. After seeing glass melt together in a kiln, Hutton began to imagine that volcanoes were merely small vents at the surface coming from a massive internal fire in the earth. He was the first person to propose that earth was molten rock inside and that the rock was recycled being melted into the earth and later cooled at the surface, having escaped through volcanic vents. Through his observation in Scottish farmlands and the shorelines, he deduced that erosion and deposition had been happening for many years and that rock existed in two forms, from eroded bits of earth and from molten rock under the surface. He proposed that granite, the strongest and most solid foundational stone of the earth at the time, used to be molten, citing granite intrusions in sandstone in Bear Atoll as proof that the granite was once liquid. These ideas brought about by curiosity and exploration of Scottish outcrops are large and impressive. They explain this cycling of Earth's materials over unthinkable lengths of time, rather than Earth being produced by a single event about 4,000 years before Christ. William Thompson, more commonly known as Lord Kelvin, the British physicist and mathematician that invented the Kelvin temperature scale, was intrigued by Hutton's idea that Earth contained molten rock. What bothered him, though, was that Hutton explained that Earth showed no sign of an ending nor a beginning. As a physicist, Lord Kelvin knew that everything loses energy over time, meaning that an infinite existence of Earth could not be possible. He proposed that the entire Earth started out molten 
and that it has been cooling steadily since formation. Working backwards, he calculated that the Earth was somewhere between 20 and 40 million years old, based on its current temperature, the molten temperature of granite, and the rate at which molten granite cooled. This was certainly a revolutionary idea from the previously believed age of the Earth, about 4000 BC, cited in the Bible, although we now know that these calculations were not accurate. It did, however, provoke more thought on the origins of the Earth, in addition to a whole lot of upset. The lack of accuracy was due to Lord Kelvin's assumption that the entire Earth had cooled into one giant rock, which we now know not to be true. It also ignored radioactivity, a continuous source of heat that keeps parts of the Earth molten. Hutton and Lord Kelvin were not the only ones questioning the Scottish landscape. Layering of rocks did not always appear to be straightforward. Hutton saw this at Sicker Point, seeing nearly vertical layers of red sandstone overlain by mostly horizontal layers of grey sandstone. Later in the mid-19th century, when geology was now a science of its own, Charles Lapworth noted the large scale of this layering, with old rocks on the west of Scotland and young rocks on the east, stacked fairly simply. But looking at the mountains, he noticed that this layering got extremely complicated, and in one location noticed older rocks sitting on top of younger rocks at Loch Erebal, which, based on the laws of stratigraphy, did not make sense. Between the layers of old and young rock, he noticed a thin ground surface separating them. The thin ground surface showed him that older rocks had been grinding up and over the younger rocks, as opposed to just continuous layering of rocks from old to young. The involvement of big motions happening in rocks fundamentally changed how geologists looked at mountains. They were formed much more violently than previously thought, with big thrusting and folding from enormous sources. Similar ideas of thrusting, that is, when a rock is too brittle to fold and bend and eventually breaks, thrusting material up and over the lower part of the thrust, had been in the works from Archibald Geeky, Ben Peach, and John Horn of the British Geological Survey in the northwestern Scottish Highlands. These were the first ideas put forth about structural geology and expanded the scope of the forces acting on rocks. While these ideas may seem simple, building the foundations of geology was not an easy task. Everything happens so slowly and on such massive, incomprehensible timescales that observing these processes in action is rarely possible. The subtle observations made across spectacular and widely abundant outcrops in Scotland challenged ancient beliefs of the origins of the planet and built a new branch of science, making Scotland an essential stop on our geologic pilgrimage of the world. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. The International Geologic Pilgrimage of Backyard Geology is part of the Geology Podcast Network and is sponsored by Travelling Geologist. You can find more episodes from the Geology Podcast Network wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. 
Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Traveling Geologists to never miss a new release. Remember, geology rocks. <laughs>